Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It's Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian. Hey, Dad, Rhino's down there in Studio X. He'll make sure that everything uh, goes according to our plotted, navigated course. More or less. Never know how it's going to go. The last hour of Sports Talk Mississippi went off the rails. I hit my funny bone in the middle of a segment, so I had to really work. I had to show off my acting chops there of how to act when you do that and you can't curse out loud. I, I wanted to curse out loud, but I couldn't because we were on the air, and I, I didn't think about hitting the mute button. And even then, if you were watching on Super Talk TV, you would have been able to read my lips. So I just and I just sat there and I took the I had the pain and but it's good I'm good now I'm fine now and uh, we got a lot to talk about here as we are now deeply embroiled in the uh, the 2023 season week two Mississippi State this weekend 6:30 uh, kickoff against Arizona on the SEC Network but let's start today by talking about last weekend and then what we saw out there at, uh, at Davis Wade Stadium, trying to get some big-picture ideas. I don't, you know, we're not going to play-by-play it here. Uh, if you want to talk about what you saw, if you want to, if you got any questions or anything, you can always text the show, uh, 601-879-4395. Uh, what do we got here? Now that you're live on the air, hopefully I can get an answer. I've answered asked via Twitter with no reply, but what is the process of sending – Sending something in for the rumblings. Please don't make fun of me. I really have tried to figure out. Try have tried to figure it out. You, you just tweet. I don't. I didn't. I didn't realize there was a process. You just tweet. Now you do need to make sure that nobody can uh, answer that tweet. But just tweet me. It's pretty simple. Uh, so Saturday, forty-eight to seven. Slow start for Mississippi State. There's no denying that. And that is something that can't happen this week, playing a team like Arizona. It's certainly not something that can happen next week, playing a team like LSU. State's got to come out of the blocks faster. That's the first thing that that comes to mind for me when I think about what I saw Saturday at Davis Wade Stadium was that it was 3-0 at the end of the first quarter, but that 3-0 was was not pleasant football to watch. They just looked like they were playing in mud. Um, they, they, they just, they, they could not get plays strung together. They could not get, um, execution to be as sharp as you wanted it to be. And, you know, I remember, I'm just sitting there in the first quarter looking at the, what's going on. And I'm like, am I going to have to reevaluate everything I've said about this team? You know, I, I, I hit the panic button early. I was, you know, just, just smack it right there. It's time to panic, but you got to watch the whole game. And if you watch the whole game, you saw a team that once they got going, they were going. And you know, final score of forty-eight-seven. That that's really, that's really all you can uh, you can hope for is to win. By, I mean, you win by forty-plus points. You, there's no complaint in that. 
Um, from Will Rogers, I thought, you know, 20 of 29, 229, I think was the number. So from a yards per completion standpoint, much better. You know, you think about a year ago and he was getting seven, eight yards of completion. Now he's over 10. That's great. That's what this offense is going to be predicated on. It's the idea of moving the chains when we throw the football. They don't want to be, they're not, the idea that, that Leach had of we're going to use the passing game and the running game kind of, you know, mixed together. Some short passes that are just as good as runs. And hey, they moved the chains too, but it took, you know, two or three plays sometimes. Now when this team goes to pass the ball, they want to move, do it down the field. And they want to move the chains. The running game is the running game. Woody Marks going over 100 yards was very impressive in game one. I honestly did. I had, I had expectations for Marks, but I didn't know what to expect, if that makes sense. I, I knew that I wanted to see him between 15 and 20 carries. I wanted to see him between 80 and 100 yards. and But I didn't know if that was going to be the case. I didn't know would he get enough carries, would they were going to rotate guys, how were they going to do it. And it, it looked like in game one that he was the lead back and everybody else is just there to, to spell him as needed. He got 19 carries, but he put up 127 yards and two scores. It's an outstanding start to the season for him. Also had five catches or four catches in this game, so still a valuable part of of the passing game. You know, Woody Marks looks like he's going to be a much, maybe even a bigger cog of this offense than I thought he was going to be, and I thought he was going to play a huge role. But if he's going to be getting four or five catches a game as well, well, then you're going to be talking about a guy who's going to be pushing for. 16, 1700 all purpose yards, maybe at the end of this season. Uh, is embroiled a word? If so, can I get a definition? Yeah, embroiled means you're caught up in something. Yeah, there you go. Dan from Louisville, what did you think about the O line and the D line coming off the ball? I was much more impressed with the defensive line uh, early in the game. The offensive line goes back to what we were just talking about. They started slow. I thought that in the, in the second half, they were much better. Um, the defensive line, though, I thought Nathan Pickering may have played one of his best games as a Mississippi State Bulldog, was just very disruptive in the middle. So, isn't tweet or tweeter now X? I'll be deep in the cold, cold ground before I call it that. That is Twitter. Till the day they, they put me into the dirt. Uh, my thoughts on the C-Log game. I wish D- Will wouldn't have been over on deep balls. He also missed some mid-range passes that concern me. But he looked like he had a grip on this new offense. Yeah, I would have liked to see them complete a couple of those those deep passes, but he did show you that he could make those throws at least. But now it's going to be yeah, it's about making the uh, the connection for sure. Defensively, I really you really got what you, you expected to get right. State completely dominated that game defensively. Celia had one good drive that was sprung on a third and twenty play where the receiver on a screen pass breaks three or four tackles, and gets a first down. If, if they don't complete that pass, if, they, if, that, if that play doesn't happen, they, they, don't, they don't score in the game. It's 48 nothing. So, I mean, you can't ask for a whole lot more. Uh, I thought, like I mentioned Pickering, I thought he stood out. Um, I thought they did a good job bringing pressure to the quarterback. They, they, they stopped up the run. Early in the game, they were, ha- they were having some issues letting guys get loose on the edge, but they, 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 they patched that up pretty good. I thought, if anything, uh, they weren't they weren't aggressive enough. They should have been maybe a little bit more aggressive. But but part of that might have just been, look, we know we can just play head up on these guys and, and win. I think offensively, and I'm never a big believer. If you've listened to this show before, I've said this. I'm never a big believer in the whole idea of 
oh, we're going to play vanilla against this team so that when we play this team, we can show them the whole playbook. I never buy into that. But there's some things that you saw that you know you're going to see more of. Mike Wright is a, is a good example of that. We're going to talk a little bit more about Mike Wright in, in just a bit, but to, he just came in and ran. Well, he can throw. He's going to throw the ball at some point. You're going to see him doing different things. Um, but all in all, I mean, if I was going to grade that performance, you know, it's probably a B plus. They could have been a little cleaner. The start, if they if they had gotten off to a faster start, I think we we might be saying an A. But B plus, you know, that's a that's a good start to the season in a game where there was going to be some emotion with the Mike Leach tribute, where you everything's new for the first time in a game situation where State made a conscious effort to rotate guys in and out, especially at the receiver position. They were constantly bringing in two, three new receivers play-to-play um, a lot of the times. And that's how you got to see guys like Jacoby Belazar and uh, Antonio Harmon at the tight end position. And then, of course, Creed Whitmore, who you know I thought got I, – I, I liked Kyle Ferry being one of the SEC freshmen of the week. I thought Creed Whitmore deserved a spot there as well with the game. He had 100-plus all-purpose yards and two touchdowns. Very interested to see how he performs this week. You know, because I feel like that the slot position for Mississippi State with Tulu Griffin, with Xavier Thomas coming back this week, and then with Creed Whitmore, there's almost like a glut of guys there. So how do they work those rotations out? Are they going to have to put a couple of slot guys on the field at the same time? Can Creed maybe slide into an H-back role? You know, if he's not blocking, I don't think it's a big deal. So I don't know. We'll see how that how that goes for Mississippi State, but... I thought, by and large, everything you saw on Saturday was probably what you expected to see when you take the performance as a whole. If you break it down quarter to quarter, yeah, the first quarter was disappointing. The second quarter was okay. The, the second half, the third and fourth quarters, State was, was dominant and, and in complete control of the game. And as I think my, I saw this on, on a message board, if you flip the halves and State goes into the locker room up 28 nothing and they finish 48-7, nobody's sneezing about anything. Everybody feels completely at at ease with what happens. So we got a lot of text coming in. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about what we're going to see this weekend with this game with Arizona. Big game for Mississippi State. They need to keep that momentum rolling going into that three-game stretch that's coming up with LSU, South Carolina, and Alabama. Can't afford to lose. Should drop games here. Can't afford to lose. So we'll talk about that when we come back. And we'll talk a little bit more, like I said, about Will Rogers and with Mike Wright. What are they going to do? How are they going to work this rotation out? We'll see if we can't figure it out here. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Listen up! There is a storm coming! Back here on Thunder and Lightning, here on Super Talk Mississippi. If you ever missed this show, 
Well, you can just go listen to it again. It's it's on the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed, which I'm I'm hoping that you have subscribed to. Rhino, we got we got it back up to number two nationally in sports news. Number two, that gosh darn Andy Staples, though I can't get him. I'm gonna get him eventually. If it's the last thing I do, Staples, I'm gonna take you down. I like Andy, but I got no chance there. But we appreciate you guys tuning into the podcast. It's available wherever you get podcasts from, or it's at supertalk.fm. And subscribe to other podcasts as well. Be a well-rounded college football fan. All right? Learn about other stuff. Obviously, Support Stock Mississippi is there. The Rebel Report, the Eagle Hour, they're all right there. You can know more than your coworkers. And, of course, supertalk.fm, that's the place to find news, opinion, sports, weather, everything happening in our great state. Over on the text line, Keith and JS says, what did you think of the new tight ends and having that position back in the mix? It was fun. It was fun to, on, the, on the, uh, the the scoreboard on the Jumbotron when they announced the starting lineups and they're like starting at tight end. I was just like, haven't heard that in three years. So that, It's fun. It's good to see him back. I, I did think that Ryland Goaty was – he, he he had some opening night jitters. We'll see if he can get better this week. They're definitely missing Jaquarius Spivey there uh, as he continues to wait under the tyrannical reign of the NCAA. Perhaps today they'll, they'll allow someone to have a, you know an extra bit of hard tack. The NCAA sucks. I'll say it. Richard is always so delicate about it. It's like, oh well, you know, they they suck. All right, they're not good people. They're not. They say they're there for the student athlete, but that is a lie. You you wonder why they're going to Congress trying to get help? It's peas in a pod, brother. All right, moving on. Uh, impossible not to be happy with the defense if you know how the three three five works. Sacks have not been a huge part of Arnett's defense, but limiting points and sustained drives is a big part of it. And, and you're right. Uh, Mississippi State has really not been a big sack team since 2018 when Montez Sweat. Was was dominating the uh, the outside there, but you, you can get away with that if you're if you're solid. If you're you know if you're only giving up two and a half three yards of play. Think back to the game against Ole Miss, the Egg Bowl last year. All those tackles for loss, not a lot of sacks, but tackles for loss. You know, tackles at the line of scrimmage are, are big. Uh, let's see here. I'm always I always get nervous when I see someone. Can you say hello to my to so and so? Because I'm just making sure it's not you know. I'm not. Somebody's not trying to do a, a a joke on me. Can you say hi to my daughter Delta? She's 14 and trying to do her homework in the car. Wait till you get home, Delta. The pencil's going to be going every which way but loose. So there you go. Thoughts on state when they play a ranked team? Well, Dwayne, I'll tell you next week. They play a ranked team next week. I'll I'll be happy to talk about it then. Uh, they do not play a ranked team this week. They play Arizona, who is an improved football team. You know, Jetfish and what he's been able to do there, kind of the same, kind of walked into a similar situation as Will Hall. Walked into a program that was, you know, was down, that needed to be, you know, rebuilt from the from the foundation up. Struggled the first year. Second year, improvement. Will Hall was a little bit ahead of him. And now here in the third year, you, you're expecting bigger things. Um, they have a very talented team. They've hit the portal very well. Uh, and they, and, Best of all, they have a good quarterback, a quarterback who can win games for them in Jaden Delora, who, if you listen to our interview that we did with Jason Shear on Sports Talk Mississippi from Wildcat Authority, their 24-7 site, 
described him pretty well. Said you know, not a running quarterback. He's a mobile quarterback. He likes to, he likes to stay in the pocket and make the throws. The problem last year is that State did a good job of covering everything up, and so he threw interceptions. So that's what one of my concerns for this game is. You know, if you if you've watched State under Zach Arnett these past few years, mobile quarterbacks have given State some trouble from time to time. I think back to the the very next week last year when Jaden Daniels was able to run the ball very successfully against Mississippi State. So if Delora gets outside of the pocket and decides to take off, there's going to be some room for him there. So State needs to do a good job of of uh, getting pressure to him and getting him on the ground. I thought last year the biggest difference between these two teams was State was just far superior on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Uh, they pressured Delora and held Arizona to 40 yards rushing. On the other side of the ball, they rushed for over 100 yards, which if we're going to make you know try to do like a uh, transitive property thing here, if State rushed for 100 yards in the air raid in this offense, they should rush for 250. So if that's if that if you if you tell me right now state's going to get 250 rushing yards, I'm going to feel pretty good about state's ability to win the game. Hey, Dad, the freshman kicker, he's got the potential to be good. I think so. I mean, he hit from 46 and 49 on Saturday, but as I mentioned on Sports Talk, I think I want to see it again. You know, the thing about kicking is you're great until you miss one. So, you know, how far can you go without missing one? Well, so we'll see. We'll see what's happening there. Denny and Flowood, do you think our defense will have a spy on their quarterback to keep him from running? Arnett's not much of a spy guy, and that, I think that sort of hurt him last year against Jaden Daniels. But he likes to just bring the pressure and see if you can get him on the ground. So I don't know. I don't. I don't think that they will. I think. I think he'll just bring his six guys and and go from there. I don't think the spy will be a thing. Defensively, I feel good about where State is in this game. I feel like State will be able to control the line of scrimmage, Pickering, Crumity, Buki Watson, Jet Johnson. I feel like it'll be tough for Arizona to run the football. They'll put the ball, they'll, they'll put the game into Delora's hands and go from there. Offensively, I'm optimistic because State was able to run the ball so successfully a season ago against this team in a, a offense that did not focus on running the football. And now that you've added this extra uh, twist of Mike Wright and what he brings, I mean, it's one thing to be able to hand the ball off and, and, and give it to Marks, and he, he takes it for five, six yards. Mike Wright gives you a lot more, a little bit more explosive plays. Reminds me a lot of Nick Fitzgerald's before his ankle injury, where if he got loose, he was just going to take off and no chance you were going to catch him from behind. Wright has that kind of breakaway speed. Um, they need to, you know, have a little bit more full rounded package with him. Uh, let him, you know, throw the ball a little bit. They can't because eventually teams are just going to say, "Okay, we're going to put eight guys in the box and go from there." You got to let him throw the ball, and they got to figure out what they're doing with him and Will Rogers because having Rogers on the field with him, I mean, you're playing with ten guys at that point. Uh, so they got they got to they got to make some changes there. I think a little bit, but. I'm very excited about what Mike Wright can bring to this offense, and I, I think it provides a, a great complement to what Will Rogers does. And uh, you know, two quarterback systems can be very tricky. You know, when they work, they work really, really well. When you've got two guys who are different kinds of players and they can complement each other, then you've got uh, you know that's that's a good weapon to have. When you have two guys who they're not as different as you think they are. And they're kind of stepping on each other's toes, and you're not really getting a different look with one guy out there versus another. That's when you have complications. So for Mississippi State with Wright and Rodgers, they couldn't be any more different. Rodgers isn't going to run any zone option, 
And I don't think Mike Wright is going to be on there on third and 14. So it's a good it's a good balance for Mississippi State. So I'm very excited about about where they're going with that. Um, what's your take on the final score of the Arizona? Well, let's get to the end of the show, shall we? I, I will do the prediction there. We can't just can't just give it away here midway through. Let's go, guys. Come on, let's let's tighten up. Uh, all in all, for Mississippi State, you know, I thought it was a very complete game last week. I thought special teams were pretty good. Uh, offensively, you know, if I was going to grade, if I wanted to break it down further and, and grade the positions, I would probably say B A A for offense, defense, special teams. They need to get that offense up. If you get three A's, if State plays its best game, it'll win. It will. State will win the football game if, if they play their A game in all three phases. They're just more talented than Arizona is. But Arizona is good enough that if State comes out and they slip up or if they start slow. That they could they can make this game very interesting and there don't don't for one second think that Arizona couldn't win this football game they could but if State plays the way they should then they should be able to get a pretty a, a relatively easy win you know last year I know it was it was close ish at times in the second half but then State pulled away you could see something similar to that you could see a situation where you're sitting there in the third quarter. And State's up seven, and then by the time you get through midway through the fourth quarter, they're up 17, something like that. So we'll give a prediction uh, in the uh, the final segment of the show. Uh, and, of course, we'll give you a couple of players to watch as well. Um, I'm, I'm, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of guys that I've got an eye on, you know, this week because either A, they, did, they showed out a good bit last week, and I'm interested to see if they can follow up, or B, they didn't do hardly anything this week, this past week, and I'm interested to see if they can, be, you know, what, what what their role is going to be. So, a lot to talk about there in, in the final uh, little bit. But we are going to change gears a little bit when we come back. We're going to talk about the Bulldog Initiative. A big day for those guys. Big couple of days for the Bulldog Initiative, uh, and the, the NIL collective arm of Mississippi State. So we'll talk about that when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Almost said Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk. <laughs> I'm so used to that. It's just part of our daily routine. Robbie's not here, though. It's just me. Rhino's here. Rhino could play the role of Robbie Falk, but he'd have to shave down to a mustache, and Rhino only shaves once a year, so we can't make it happen. Have to shave a few pounds work. off, too. You know, he's actually getting, he's, he's getting a little thick, so, you know, you'll be okay. You could just be future Robbie. <laughs> you know, 
Robbie, if you don't, the ghost of Robbie Future, you know, like, Robbie, if you don't turn around, look at you. Ah. Anyway, thanks for joining us here on Super Talk. Uh, wherever you're listening, Super Talk at the website, supertalk.fm, your Super Talk app, Super Talk TV, wherever it is. Uh, yeah, very exciting. So, looking at, looking at this uh, this email I got here. So, this past Thursday, uh, Mississippi State Athletic Director Zach Selman uh, tweeted out an announcement that the Bulldog Initiative is now the official collective of Mississippi State Athletics. Now, to that end, I will tell you that the Bulldog Initiative has been the official collective of Mississippi State Athletics basically since the, it started. There were other uh, groups that, that were running NIL promotions, but those were like third-party companies who you know took a percentage off the top of your donation and that went to them. The Bulldog Initiative is you know what you donate goes to athletes. So Mississippi State makes it official. Smart move, you know, clarifies everything. Plus, you have your athletic director actually sitting there and telling you about NIL, as opposed to other athletic directors who didn't. And we'll just leave it at that. Um, so I'll just read you this email. Uh, this was tweeted out earlier today by my good friend Jack Byers from the MSU Rivals site. Uh, Dear friends, this past Thursday, Mississippi State Athletic Director Zach Selman announced that the Bulldog Initiative will now serve as the official collective of Mississippi State Athletics. This news designation, which was made possible by Zach's leadership and the support of Learfield slash Bulldog Sports Properties, helps pave the way for an even more productive relationship between the Bulldog Initiative and MSU. The reaction to Zach's announcement has been overwhelmingly positive. In fact, the Bulldog Initiative has received over $1.3 million in new gifts and pledges in the past five days alone, and our work to capitalize on this strengthened relationship with MSU is only just beginning. Um, and then it finishes up with a stay tuned, good things are on the way. $1.3 million in five days is pretty strong. Um, you know, the Grove Collective has been an NIL force for Ole Miss that has gotten a lot of, of publicity. And I think that's by design because I think, and I, I'm not trying to criticize them, but I feel like they have kind of sought out some publicity, and it's helped them. They've 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 done a good job raising money for Ole Miss in their athletic department. Whereas Charlie Winfield has taken more of a, and the Bulldog Initiative has taken more of a a, a more a subtle approach. You you might say uh, they haven't been as much you know trying to you know be out there. They they've been just kind of working behind the scenes and working with Mississippi State. But one thing that has happened at, at Mississippi State. That wasn't happening before with the previous administration is you have the athletic department in full support of the Bulldog Initiative. You know, you're not hearing about unsustainable models any longer. You're hearing donate. This is the path forward. And, you know, I would even go a step further and give you a quote from the man I consider one of the great philosophers of our time, the nature boy Ric Flair. When I say, like it or don't like it, you're going to have to learn to love it. And that's what NIL is right now. You can be a person who says, I don't think this is right. I don't think these guys should be getting anything. That's fine. And you don't have to donate. But you forfeit your right to complain on this one. I, 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 you know, I never thought that about the Bulldog Club. If you weren't a Bulldog Club member, because, you know, maybe you weren't buying tickets. 
It's like I'm a Mississippi State fan, but I can't afford tickets, so I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't do that. That's fine. But this is one where, and look again, you don't even have to be somebody who's donating to the the, the, the Bulldog Initiative. I can, I can let that pass too. But if you're going to say, I think it's wrong, then you lose your, your your ability to complain about results. Because this is the only way to get athletes going forward. And athletes are what wins games. And I'm not telling you that. Zach Arnett's telling you that. Every time you ask Zach Arnett what wins games, players. Players win games. This Monday at his press conference, we were wrapped up. We're like, you know, they say any more questions. Everybody's looking around. No, we're not. And Zach Arnett says, wait a minute, I've got something. Pulls a Bulldog Initiative sticker out of his uh, coat pocket and says, he starts talking about how Mississippi State fans, when they come to Starkville, they need to be looking for these stickers. They need to be looking to support the businesses that support his NIL collective. And he encouraged Mississippi State fans to do that. A number of the sponsors of the Thunder and Lightning podcast are on that list. So I would, you know, Zach Arnett would tell you, go see those guys. So you have that. Then Arnett on today's SEC coaches teleconference was asked about the Bulldog Initiative, and he made it clear. He's like, that is the that is the one thing I encourage all of our fans to do is to join the Bulldog Initiative. There are a lot of old-school football fans out there that don't like NIL, and I get that. I understand it. I'm an old-school guy myself, but I'm also smart enough to know that these guys have been getting money at every school in the country outside of maybe the service academies under the table for decades. Now it's out in the open. That gives Mississippi State an advantage because now... I've always felt Mississippi State fans, right or wrong, there were Mississippi Mississippi State fans. Have, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's everybody's put money down for players before it was legal to do so. That's that's not breaking news. But I, I've always felt like Mississippi State fans had uh, an aversion to it. Like I don't, you know, we want to see, we want to do things the right way. Which the right way doesn't win a lot of football games. I'll just go ahead and tell you. But whatever. But now it's legal. It's totally okay. So if you have a problem with it, 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 it's it's more a you thing. It's not a it's not a right or wrong thing at this point. And again, your head coach would tell you this is the way to help. Your athletic director would tell you this is the way to help. From the six six two, look at Clemson. Two transfers in two years, no NIL collective. That is a huge red flag. And I will be willing to bet money that one of two things is going to happen. Either Dabo Sweeney is going to get on board with NIL or Dabo Sweeney is not going to be the head coach at Clemson anymore. Because you can't live like that in this era. Imagine if, you know, 10 years ago somebody just said, I don't play freshmen. I just, I don't play them. I refuse to play freshmen. People come in here. They know that they're going to have to redshirt year one. I will not play them. How many impact freshmen, how many guys, four- and five-star guys, are going to want to play for that guy? None. Same thing. If you tell When you tell somebody, I don't like NIL, what you're telling them is, I don't want to recruit you. And, and, and again, you can like it or not, but it's the way that it is. You know, It's like taxes. It's just, whether you like them or not, you got to pay them. This is, this is the tax for winning football right now. It's, this is the way to get players. 
So if you're a state fan and you you want to you want to see wins, you give to the Bulldog Initiative. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you want to see wins, you give to the Grove Collective. I'm sorry I don't know the name of the USM Collective. If there's a USM fan listening right now, feel free to text the show, 601-879-4395. I'll say the name. But if you, I would say that if you're a USM fan and you want to win, you need to give to the USM Collective. Don't know the name of it. If Luke Johnson's listening, feel free to text me. I'll be happy to talk about it. The To the Top Collective. Thank you. There it is. That makes a lot of sense. That's a good name for their collective. And this is just the way, this is the way of college football now. College football is something that's evolved through the years, right? There was a time where they didn't wear helmets. There was a time where nobody threw the, the forward pass was illegal. There was a time when you couldn't play freshman. There was a time when, you know, you could just go and pop somebody with your helmet right under the chin and they give you an attaboy. There was a time where you, they didn't drink water at practice. There was a time where, you know, they didn't care about player safety. The, the sport evolves every few years. And you either can be part of the evolution and enjoy college football, or you can get stuck in the mud and not. I enjoy college football. So I'm going to, you know, be part of the evolution of college football. I've, I'm also a capitalist, despite what Richard Cross says about me and my political, political leanings. I believe in the free market. And if the free market says that football players deserve money, then give them their money. Simple as that. I want my money for the work I do. They should get money for the work they do. Seems like a pretty basic tenet of capitalism. Where, where's Adam Smith when I need him? All right. We'll wrap it up when we come back. We've got predictions, and we've got uh, our playmakers for Mississippi State, Arizona. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. wrap things up here on a Wednesday evening thunder and lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi so who are we got an eye on this Saturday what players I mean I feel like Will Rogers is kind of in that 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 zone now where I'm not gonna take him yeah yeah I, I, I you got to keep an eye on wills these first couple games right just to figure out what all is going on there with the offense? But but the other guy at quarterback for sure, Mike Wright is a guy that I'm looking at. Would I go so far to make him like my offensive playmaker, the guy that I think is going to have the biggest game? No, but he would probably definitely be my X factor. I'll, I'll put the card in front of the horse here and tell you that if Wright can come in and have another day where he's close to 100 yards rushing, and then it can maybe surprise uh, Arizona with a, maybe a big play in the passing game, 
That's going to go a long, long way for Mississippi State on Saturday night. So Mike Wright would be my X factor for sure. Um, offensively, I mean, I think you've got to look at, at, at Woody Marks. It, it looks like you know he's going to be the engine that this offense runs through. Uh, he had 19 carries in a game where I don't think he played at all in the fourth quarter, if not more more than a few minutes. So you know that would think maybe he's going to be 20 plus carries in this game. Uh, four or five catches. If he has a fifth catch, he'll become Mississippi State's all-time leading rusher. Or, I'm sorry, receiver. We've talked about that a few times. Um, also with Will, uh, I don't know if you're following along on Sports Talk on Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter, uh, but we're keeping up on what we're calling the road to history. If he passes for 297 yards this weekend, which will be a big number, um, he will be the fourth all-time leading passer. He can jump three guys this weekend. He's currently in seventh. He jumped Eric Zier uh, last weekend. I'm sorry, he jumped, he jumped Danny Werfel uh, last weekend. Zier is one of the ones he can jump this weekend. With 297, he would be ahead of Zier, Peyton Manning, and Chris Leak, and then would be behind David Green, Drew Locke, and then the all-time leader, Aaron Murray. So we'll see how that pans out for Mississippi State. Um, but Marks is definitely the, the the offensive guy for me right now. I got, I got he's the guy who I feel like it's it's he's if he can't go the offense can't go. And again, they had such success running the ball against the Arizona defense last year in an offense not designed to run the football that I feel like Mississippi State is going to continue to uh to, if if they continue to try to run the football, Marks is going to be the key to that. Defensively, you know, as I said earlier, it's going to be about pressuring Jaden Delora. They need somebody to step up at that Sam position. I won't make that person my player of the game, but Deshaun Page did not have his best game this past weekend. So, can somebody like John Lewis or JP Burvis go into that position and make a difference? That's something to keep an eye on. But I feel like, you know, when you talk about keeping him in the pocket and disrupting Jaden Crumbody, who did not play in this game a year ago, I think that's this that's a spot for him to be the defensive player of the game for me. Um, I feel like you know you look at the the when you look at Arizona's offensive line, they're very big in the interior, but their their tackles are just you know they're three hundred pounders, but there's nothing there that you know there's not a Charles Cross or or something like that out there. So I think Crumity can have a big game. Um, you know, last week Pickering was a little bit more of of the focus. I think Crumity becomes that guy. He'll disrupt. Things and he'll help keep that running game in check uh, again for Mississippi State. And then, as I mentioned, Mike Wright is my X factor. I don't see how he couldn't be. Although you know, you could probably throw a guy like Xavier Thomas in. He'll be back from injury this week. You could say Creed Whitmore uh, as well. He, he, you know, just I'm interested to see how they. I'm interested to see how they work the slot position with Tulu and Xavier and and Creed there. How do they find the reps and get everybody the ball and and and, and how do they make that work? So. We'll see how that all pans out, but Mike Wright is the, is going to be the he might be the X factor every game this season because if he's going to be a guy who rushes for 100 yards, that's going to give Mississippi State a huge huge boost. Uh, and even if he's only you know 50 60 yards, that's again something that Mississippi State. I mean that's a, that's a lot of that's a big chunk play here and there that that defense that's going to wear down opposing defenses and give them some opportunities. So. Prediction time, you know, last year, like I mentioned, the final score was 39-17. If State had played a little bit cleaner last year, they, they probably win that game something like 41-10. to um, This year, I think Arizona's better. I think State is still good. So I think State wins it kind of comfortably. But Arizona is better. So 
We'll put an extra touchdown on the board for them. I'm going to say Mississippi State 38-24 is your final score uh, Saturday night in uh, in Davis Wade Stadium. It's a whiteout. Teams in all white. They're expecting fans in all white. 6:30 kickoff. Temperature should be like low 80s, maybe even in the high 70s. Might be a nice, pleasant night. The second week of of September. What do we do to deserve that? Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We appreciate you. Thank you. Very nice. All right. Tomorrow, Sports Talk Mississippi. Richard's off tomorrow. I don't think he told anybody, but he's not there tomorrow. So just me and Borky, and then we'll get you through Thursday and Friday. And, of course, the Sports Talk Mississippi, on Sports Talk Mississippi, Thunder and Lightning podcast next two days. Got some good guests coming up. Check that out. And I'll see you again next Wednesday right here. For Rhino down there in Studio X, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.